Good evening, everybody, and welcome. Tonight we continue chapter four, and we're learning in Shahabi Tachayim the different, the seven different areas where a person needs to have trust in Hashem and what that looks like. And to quickly review, and afterward, after the class, if you email me, I'll be happy to share with you this handout that I finally finished in chapter four, the biggest factor in Shahabi Tafayim. The first category was health and basic sustenance, trusting in Hashem. We know that Hashem will give each person we learn, Hashem guarantees to give everybody what they need in their health and basic sustenance. Additional income was the second category where we learned that you just do your part. The rest is up to Hashem. There's no need to work 15 hours a day and not be a human. And at the moment, we're up to the third category, which is relationships with others. And we started in the last class learning how someone who does not have friends and family what should, their, what should be their outlook on life? And how should they feel? How, what's their bitachin? What's their trust in Hashem they should have? Today, we're going to talk about what somebody who has friends and family, what bitachin looks like for them. And you may ask, what do you mean, what does bitachin look like? You know, they have friends and family, lucky them. Well, we're going to talk about when you have friends and family, how should you care for them? How much time should you spend? Should you say, hey, I don't have time for you. I have to focus on learning Torah. You just, you know, work it out. Or should you say, hey, I really need to take care of them. Why should you take care of them? As well as we're going to discuss if someone asks you for a favor, should you try and help them? What should your outlook be? If you ask someone of a favor, if you ask someone to do a favor for you, how should you perceive the that person? I'd like to think tonight's class will be extremely practical, and here we jump in. Commitment to family and friends. So what should somebody with family and friends, how should they trust in Hashem? If the one trusting in the Almighty has a wife, family members, friends, and now we're also going to say, and enemies, that means you have a full spectrum. How should you trust in Hashem? He should rely on the Almighty that he will save him from the workload which is usually associated with being involved with them. So the first thing is, ask Hashem that you should be able to take care of their needs as well as be able to involve yourself in other items. And he should make an effort, this is number two, to meet his obligations towards them. 
So you have an obligation. You have you have a spouse, you have family, friends. See, you have enemies. Each one of these is, comes with a certain responsibility. And number three is the and to do so wholeheartedly. So it could be that your obligation to your family and friends is taking your full day. You need to fulfill your obligation as well as it should be happily. Number four, the yidah yade mehazakas. He should avoid doing anything that will cause them harm. The Instead, he should engage in those means which will bring them good. The and he should be loyal to them regarding all their matters. A lot of a lot of food for thought right here. What it means to have a family and friends and how to treat them. Let's review these items. Number one, ask Hashem to be able to balance the responsibility, the, the time that the responsibility takes. Number two is, take care, meet your obligation. Number three is, do so with good energy, happily. Number four is, Avoid causing harm. Number five is try to do whatever you can that's good for them. And number six is be loyal to them. Nema. It's a responsibility. And we need to keep our part to our friends and family. And now we're going to go a step further and add number seven. The Yairim Asme Prealoisom, the Inyane Hatoira, the Oilam, the Aveda Savaida. He should teach them the appropriate way to conduct themselves both in Torah matters as well as in worldly matters, which will benefit them in their service to their Creator. So, also, it's a responsibility of each person to teach, teach his family, teach his friends how to serve Hashem. You should love your fellow as yourself. And in the preceding verse it says, you should not hate your brother in your house. Okay, so now we have a perspective on how we should view our friends and family. I think one of the things that stands out is that taking care of friends and family is serving Hashem. It's not something, it's not take care of them in order to serve Hashem, so I need to quickly take care of my family so I can run to Shul and take care of Hashem and Shul. No, no, no. You need to take care of your family because that is taking care of Hashem. Yeah, I once heard on, on your hipper, so not everybody can make, can make it to show. Sometimes you have young mothers with young children. And they're busy on Yom Kippur. What are they doing? They're running around, facing their kids, feeding them. 
They don't get to come and hear called Nidre and the Ela. And it bothered, bothered them. So someone once shared, he said, imagine the king has a big, a big event. The king is giving this big appearance. And he's going to be sharing something novel. Something everybody's going to run. But the king says during the event, I need for my own children, I need 25 babysitters for my own children. So you could go to the king's event or you could watch the king's kids. Which one does the king want more? He's probably more interested in the people who, who are watching his own children. That's very precious to him. They're his kids. So staying home and watching Hashem's kids on Yom Kippur, certainly it's equal or perhaps, perhaps it's even more important than coming to show for Kalnitra. So when we talk, again, what we're saying here is Taking care of your friends and family is in itself serving Hashem. So now the question comes, when you take care of your friends and family, you have a lot to gain. You know, I just put a quote. It says, if you take care of enough people's needs, your needs will be taken care of. In other words, there's this natural tendency. If I take care of you, so you take care of me. So if you, if you help enough people, those people generally will reciprocate and take care of you. So when we talk about friends and family, are you, are you taking care of your kids so that when you get older, someone's going to take care of you? You know, did, did you marry in order to have money or, or, or in order to have someone, again, who's going to take care of you? What's the reason that we're creating these friendships, these relationships? Now, there's many, there's many reasons. But on a high level, what should be the ultimate reason? And, and certainly we're saying, why should you take care of these relationships? He should not do so with the hope that his favors will be repaid to him. Nor to repay them for the good that they already did with you. It should not be done out of love for the honor and praise that they will give you. And not in order to rule over them. So yes, it could be you'll help them so they'll help you. It could be you're helping them because you owe it to them. It could be you're helping them because if you help them enough, you'll be in the front, front page of the newspaper. Greatest helper around. Or it could be that you just, you like being in control. You know, those are not good reasons. To help your friends and family. Rather, it should be to fulfill the myth of the Creator and to observe His covenant and His instructions regarding. So, the reason we should create these relationships and we should spend all the time needed in these relationships, again, even if it's going to limit at times our ability to be able to uniquely serve Hashem um, in a way that we feel is more appropriate. No, we have to do, we have to take care of our responsibility and it should be done in order to fulfill the commandments of Hashem. Now, 
you could say that clearly enough. Serve Hashem because that's what he said. We're going to go further. We're going to say, if you don't, you're going to be a loser. You're going to be a double loser. You're going to lose out in this world and in the world to come. Why? Because if ultimately you think you're going to be the boss, I want to tell you, unfortunately, I will say even tragically, I know of parents or, or bosses who, who came and said, I want to be the boss and I'm going to be the boss. And after 20 years, they're no more their child's boss and they've lost out in that relationship. And they've also lost out in the reward of the world to come. Let's see that inside. For one who performs their request and has in mind one of the above mentioned reasons that we mentioned earlier, and maybe you're looking for a favor back. Will not achieve his own desires which he expected from them in this world. The Yigalonik, and he will have spoiled for nothing. The Yasin Sakhar and will lose his reward in the world to come. So you think you're going to serve all these people for a favor back? Bad plan. It's not going to happen the way you envision it. And you're also losing out on the reward in the world to come. Now, what's the flip side on, on the flip side? However, if conversely, his conduct in the above is solely for the sake of the service of, of the Almighty. So guess what's going to happen? Then the Almighty will repay them, to re- will help them to repay him in this world. So you took care of your friends and family. Hashem's going to pay you in this world. And you're, you're even in for uh, extra credit. Ah, you didn't want to be on the front page of the newspaper. Okay, now you will be. And he will place in their mouth his praise. And God will make him be considered great in their eyes. Okay. So you're not doing it for this world, then you're going to get this. And in addition, God will make him, in addition to this, he will also arrive at his great reward in the world to come. Where do we see an example of this? In other words, where do we see an example where putting yourself aside and doing what Hashem wants, you'll get a, a double reward? Just like God told Shleim HaMelech. How old was Shleim HaMelech when he became king? Seven? Or 13? King, king Shlomo was a young child. And he dove into Hashem and said, Hashem, give me wisdom to be able to lead the Jewish people. So Hashem says, And I have also given you that which you have not asked. Both riches and honor. You wanted wisdom? I'll make you the smartest man that ever lived. But guess what? I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for. I'll give you riches and honor. Incredible, incredible. Take the time to invest in your family and your friends. I'm not saying waste time. You know, we have the word divar and the tailor. I'm not telling you to, to 
to talk words of nothingness when you could study Torah or do mitzvah. But I am saying, and I think every person's their situation can reflect what does that mean? Take the time to fulfill what your obligation is to your friends and family. And perhaps this can reference us what the idea of a shliach is. Some people ask when the idea of shlichus came up, how can you go and stop learning Torah? You just need to sit a whole day. How can you go and try and bring other people closer to Judaism? What about yourself? But that's what we're learning here. What we learned earlier, it's one of our responsibilities to go and teach other people about Judaism. Okay, I need to, I need to mince that. I'm talking too much. Uh, Yeshua, could you, could you share something? No, I mean, my, my takeaway from what you've said so far is that uh, a trend, if you approach life from a transactional perspective and every interaction that you have with your friends and your family is just transactional, uh, that's a suboptimal solution. You will ultimately be unhappy if, if, if that's all there is. Um, you'll be a lot happier if you love people unconditionally uh, and, you, and, you, and you don't expect for every time you give that you're gonna get. Um, and, uh, and especially when you're raising a child if you, uh, you know, as discussed here, uh, children need unconditional love, and and uh, and a child that's raised in a transactional situation uh, will, I think, ultimately become a miserable adult. Uh, hey, I appreciate that feed, that uh, summary. Well said, um, and the truth is, I myself um, was able to gain from your own summary. More Bosch, you want to share anything? Um, I, I really appreciate what we're learning here. Um, it really confirms the fact that family is a very thing in Hashem's eyes and, and that the things that um, parents do for their children is, is very uh, important. Hey, good takeaway. That's a good takeaway. What about Misha Mendel? Um, nothing more to add, really. I really appreciate what Kim said. Okay. Myra, I don't want to go on with uh, skipping over. You want to share anything? No, I'm, I'm um, enjoying what people are saying, including you. Nothing, okay. nothing else to report. Okay, so here we go. So we've spoken about the perspective of friends and family. Uh, of, of family, but now let's talk about, you need some help. So let's take an example. An example is you have a business deal and in order for your business deal to go through, you need some connections and Yeshua has connections. So I call up Yeshua and I say, Yeshua, I know that you have a lot of real estate and you're connected with all the big wigs. I'm asking if you could, you know, maybe help me out for a minute connecting me with some people. 
So number one is, how should I approach that question to Yeshua even after? Number two is, what happened if Yeshua is successful? How should I approach that? And number three is, what if he's unsuccessful? How should I approach that? That's if I'm asking people for a favor. And let's flip it. If I'm going to ask you for a favor. So I'm the big shot. I have the connection. And Rachel Mendel says, hey, Schneer, you know, I know you have the connections. And you got to, you know, can you help me out? Should I help him out? And if I do help him out and I'm successful, how should I look at it? And if I help him out and I'm unsuccessful, how should I look at it? Okay. Well, let's see this inside. Here we go. People helping people. Here we go. However, the manner with which I've been talking to the Almighty regarding those matters which pertain to one who is superior to him. So it could be this person is his boss or is to or is subordinate to him, or he is your worker. From the various types of people. So the proper way that one should conduct himself with them is as follows. When the need arises for a person to make a request from either his superior or from his subordinate, okay, so I need something and I've called Yeshua for some help. So the foundation is he should rely on the Almighty to deliver, to deliver his request. So everything is in the hands of Hashem. So before I pick up the phone to Yeshua, I'm really making a prayer to Hashem that what I'm looking to happen should be successful. The And consider those people of whom he made the request to be merely the means which God uses to complete his request. So if everything is in Hashem's hands, remember what we're learning in Shaharabitachin is how we have to trust in Hashem, but we also have to do our part. Exactly what we're saying here. The foundation of asking a request, that's okay. Not only is it okay, it's necessary. Hashem created the world. And the world functions in a way where different people would help us. You have to do your part. with the foundation that it's all in Hashem's hands. And now we're going to give an example. Let's take a farmer. Just as one who chooses the work of the land and it's going to be the means for his livelihood, in which case, take the farmer. If the creator wishes that he be sustained from it, then the seed will sprout forth and will be fruitful and multiplied. It's obvious, nevertheless, that one shouldn't give thanks to the earth. Rather, thanks is due to the creator alone. So take the farmer. You don't go and kiss the pomegranates that grew beautifully. You think Hashem. Now, if however the Almighty does not Sustain him from it, the earth will not sprout forth any vegetation. Alternatively, 
Alternatively, it will sprout forth vegetation, but some, something adverse will happen. In both of these cases, it's obvious I want you to blame the earth for this. Ah, the tree didn't give us good fruit, so you're going to go cut down the tree. Oh. So just that is as we see clearly with the farmer, that when you plant a seed and when you're working in the farm, it's all in Hashem's hand and you're, you're planting with the foundation, you're asking Hashem for help, and then you're planting, you're doing your part, hoping that it will grow, hoping that Hashem will bless the same thing is when you're when you're having a relationship with somebody else. Therefore, when one requests an object from one of these people, so again, if I'm going and I'm asking something from what, whether it's again my superior or my subordinate, he should consider the weak person and the strong person as equally able to perform his request. The Not putting any more trust in a more capable person. He should rely on the Almighty that his request will be answered. What does that mean? Of course. Part of serving Hashem, doing your part, is trying to find the appropriate person. In other words, if one person has more ability to help you, you shouldn't specifically go to the weaker person. If you need something heavy picked up, don't go to the weak person because they're equally able to help you. You should do your part. But if for some reason you need something, your only ability is by going to the weaker one, it's going to happen. If Hashem wants it to happen, that's fine. So don't stress out about it. Okay, so in summary, if you need help, ask for help. Don't be ashamed. Don't say, I, no, asking for help is part of Hashem's plan. But know that asking for help, so if you're really asking Hashem for help. And if Hashem wants, and if it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen through that person. Schneer? Yes. What about... But Yosef was in in prison, and yeah. he asked he asked was it the cupbearer for for a, for a good word so he could with Pharaoh, but he was he was taking the task for doing that and not showing enough bit of home, right? So awesome question. Awesome question. So when Yosef was thrown into the into prison because he wanted to be a moral person and not act immorally. He was thrown into prison for 12 years. Yeah. And at the end of the 12 years, he shared, he translated the dream of two of King Paro's servants. And he asked one of them to please ask King Paro to take him out of prison. And Yosef, because he asked that person, he ended up staying in prison another year. Right. So that seemingly contradicts what we're learning now. It's an awesome question. Apparently it is. So commentators speak about this. Commentators speak about this. And I think the theme that runs through them is, number one, Yosef was on such a high level 
that didn't need to ask people questions. Yosef had a connection to Hashem that is much greater than us. Um, and for him, it was not appropriate. Okay. And, but to go a step further in this, part of that understanding is, did Yosef fully rely on Hashem or was there a giraffe of saying, maybe they could help me? So for us, mortal people, that we may want to be Yosef, but at the moment, I can talk for myself, I'm not there. Um, not only we may ask, we should ask for help, but certainly try and remember that Hashem, it's all up to Hashem. So now let's talk about if Yeshua was successful. Okay, so I asked Yeshua for some lunch meeting with this big, big shop. And guess what? I got the meeting. If his request gets answered by one of the people, this is a very fascinating. That he should thank the creator, blessed be he who fulfilled his wishes. So Yeshua, do I need to say thank you to you so far? So far, no. But listen, I do need to say thank you. And the question is, why should I say thank you to Yeshua? He's just, he's just Hashem's servant. He didn't do me any favor. Hashem did me the favor. Incredible. He should also thank the person who the favor was done through for two reasons. Firstly, for his good heartedness. I'm just happy that Yeshua is a nice guy. He could have screamed at me. And if Hashem wanted to help me, he would have helped me a different way. I appreciate that you sure, I appreciate that you, you were that you had a kind heart. Number two is I also want to thank you that Hashem brought my benefits through you. You know, we learned that if something Hashem wants something good to happen, he's gonna use a good person. So the fact that something good happened through somebody. That's a sign that that's a good person. So I'm not thanking Yeshua. I'm not thanking the person for doing this for me. No, Hashem did. I'm thanking him for his for having a good heart, being willing to do it. And I'm thanking him for Hashem being a good person that Hashem makes good things happen through him. Okay. Now what's on the flip side? Oh, sorry. If you do, I just mentioned it. It is well known that generally speaking, the Creator does not cause good to come to other people except through the righteous. And it is only merely that He causes loss to you. As our stages of blessed memory said in the Psalm. Merit is brought about by means of one who is meritorious and liability by means of one who is liable. Um, sorry. Likewise, we have another classic in Mishnah that says no wrong shall be caused 
to the righteous. So if someone is the messenger for good for me, for something good for me, I want to thank him for being a mensch, a nice person, and for being a good person, that good things happen through him. Okay, that's kind of easy. Good things happen. But what if the person didn't fulfill my request? Meaning he tried, but he wasn't successful. So now do I think he's a bad person? Because if it wasn't fulfilled, what was the quote we just said? We just said, um, liability by means of one who is liable. So should I say if, my, if it's not fulfilled, so you're a liability? If his request was not fulfilled by the people he turned to, he should not blame. Nor should he blame it on the lack of effort on their part. Instead, he should thank the Almighty who chose to withhold his request from him for his own good. So the fact that this didn't happen to me. I need to thank Hashem and acknowledge that obviously this is for my best. So what should I do for the person I asked the favor? He should praise the people whom he made the request, request from based on his knowledge of their efforts which they invested to fulfill his request. So to be clear, we're talking about a person who tries. Now, you may go and ask, how much did he try? Did he try 100%, 86%? He tried. He, he really gave it a shot. Thank him. For Acknowledge the effort they put in. Even though it's not end up according to his wishes or the wishes of the other people who wanted to help him. This is how one should conduct himself with one's acquaintances and friends, as well as with those people he does business with and his servants and partners. So if someone is successful, thank Hashem that, that you got it. Thank that person for his kind heart and for being a good person. If someone's not successful, thank Hashem for choosing what's best for you acknowledge the work the person did and thank you what's the flip side now what about if someone asks me a favor likewise if either a superior or subordinate of his makes a request of him he should wholeheartedly make every effort to perform the request. If possible, he should try to complete the request in private so that he will not become haughty as a result. So you don't need to go around town saying, Morabasha just called me for something and I'm going to try so hard to help her because I really want to help her, but I want you to know exactly every step of what I'm doing. No. Now, another point that I found fascinating. The above only applies if the person who asked him for the request is somebody who is deserving of his effort on his behalf. I think it's, I think it's a fascinating point. 
not everybody that's asking you for a favor, you need to put everything aside for it. So we're not saying you should not do anybody's favors. We are saying make sure that the favor you're doing is appropriate. After making these efforts, he should rely on the Almighty that he will help him fulfill the person's request. So, someone asks you a favor? Give it your best shot. Try to do it privately. Make sure the person and the request is appropriate. And from there on, rely on Hashem to help you help this person. If the request ends up being fulfilled through his efforts and he places him and he, Hashem, places him in the position of being the means for the good of his friends that he should thank God for this. Wow. Think about how opposite this is from our natural inclination. Normally, if someone asks us a favor and we fulfill it for them, that person owes us everything. They better come beg- banging down our door, thanking us. We expect a letter in the mail. We expect an email, a phone call, and every anniversary from that event, we want to thank you. You were saying you fulfilled, you were able to do your friend a favor. You need, you need to thank Hashem. I need to thank Hashem. Hashem, wow, thank you for giving me that opportunity to be able to help my friend. That's quite powerful. Again, let's put aside our own, let's acknowledge, thank Hashem for what he's given us. Now, now unfortunately, what's the flip side? If, however, he was prevented from doing so, and he was not able to do it, very important. Do not blame yourself. Someone asked you a favor, you couldn't do it? Don't, don't blame yourself. I was initially going to say, don't be sad. Don't be sad is probably wrong because, you know, being briefly sad, feeling bad for your friend, that's, that's appropriate. But don't, ta- don't take blame because everything is in Hashem's hand. You did your best. Now, another important point. The idea is let your friend know you were not lazy. It's important. Don't go to your friend and say, I couldn't, I wasn't able to get it done. Tell your friend, I called the mayor's office. I called the city commissioner. I called my lawyer. I didn't sleep for two nights. I did everything I could. Give some details. Provided that he did, in fact, exert himself and toil on their behalf. Okay, don't lie. Don't go ahead and say, for three weeks, I was not, nothing else was on my mind, and you barely gave it a shot. But if you gave it a shot, let your friend know you gave it a shot. And don't accept blame. Or like one of my good friends and mentors, Yeshua Stone always tells me, don't take somebody else's monkey. Give him back his own monkey. Is that why I say that in your, in your name, Yeshua? Yeah, I might have said something like that. No, there was a famous... Harvard Business Review uh, article about the monkey that I was just passing on to you. Right. Well, don't give me your monkey. I'll pass it back to you. Michael, you've heard of it too? Not until now, no. 
Sorry. Let's summarize, and we'll talk about the response to enemies next week, because I know that it's not practical for anybody in this class, the response to enemies part. So we'll, we could we hold on. Um, what have we learned? We've learned taking care of your family is a godly mission. Give us a time and need. Do it for appropriate reasons and you'll be rewarded with much more than that. With much more than a beautiful family will be rewarded in this sort of world. And we spoke about when someone asks you a favor, give it a real shot. Do your best. If you were successful, thank Hashem. If you weren't successful, let your friend know you gave it your best shot. Don't accept, don't accept blame. If you were, um, and now what happens if, okay, sure, you're quick on this, you're quick, I love it. What happens if you ask someone else for a favor? Ask, ask. Know that Hashem created the world that we help each other. But know that, firstly, it's Hashem who's in charge. And if that person is successful, thank Hashem. Acknowledge that person's good heart and acknowledge that he's a good person who good is coming from. And if that person is unsuccessful, thank Hashem for knowing what's best for me and you. Acknowledge that person's work. Acknowledge the effort he put in. So I'd like to believe that there's a lot of really practical life messages that we've learned this week. Um, very, very, hopefully you'll, you're each able to take away some powerful items that you could start immediately with, um, even tonight. Thank you all for joining.